Hey guys, welcome to episode 18 of the Born Quarantined Movie Review. This week we're going to be talking about the movie Sky High starring Kurt Russell and Kelly Preston, the late Kelly Preston. Everybody is a bit shocked by her death since it appears that nobody really knew that she was sick. Uh, very untimely death. Definitely not shocking that the world didn't know given um, John Travolta and Kelly Preston's ties with Scientology and the notorious nature of that religion. So that aside, we're going to talk about her career. Unfortunately, she's been more known as John Travolta's wife than in anything else. She's actually not a bad actress. She just never got a fair shake in her career. She has been in some high-profile movies, and we're going to review one of those that was actually a very well-received movie, very well-reviewed, and it's actually a good family movie something that's ideal for the whole family to sit down and watch. It's kind of like uh, live-action Incredibles. Um, there's very little to no profanity in it, so it's a lot of fun. It's something that the kids will enjoy. I know that every kid thinks his dad's invincible, and I nearly am, but... Josie, you've got to stop babying the boy. Launch! Your attention, please! He'd be happy to collect that $15 new student fee. Comets away! Save it! No, sir! Just messing with you, Zach. Oh, look, he does glow. Calling the school. Wishing we'd pay them. Dad. Put a truck on my shoulders. Honey. Welcome to Sky High. What you got, Scott? Well, so we watched I watched Sky High last night. Um mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. It came out in 2005. Yeah. Uh Kurt Russell, Kelly Preston. Uh, right. Kelly Preston, who obviously passed away last week. Yeah. Um, rather unexpectedly, because I think nobody knew she had breast cancer. Yeah, um, and uh, I was looking over her filmography, and I, I, I had forgotten, because the only thing I immediately think of with her in it is Jerry Maguire, right. which everybody knows. Of course. And I remember she had a cameo in Battlefield Earth, which everybody knows. Which is like the worst movie reason. ever. <laughs> and of course, she wasn't twins. I forgot that. She was, but, and she was also in the movie Space Camp. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're a kid, a child of the 80s, you would remember the movie Space oh, Camp. Yeah, Space Camp. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad movie, but I mean, I found it entertaining, obviously, when I was six. Right. Um, yeah. You know. Uh -huh. Sky High is actually pretty cute. Um, yeah, I remember, because we, we played it, and like, it, it was... It was a cute movie. I liked it. It's, it's one of those you, you I'd, I'd just forgotten about it. And you right. know, you know, I, I mean, I like Kurt Ru Kurt Russell, so yeah. he was appropriate in the role of the commander. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, when he was going through his, he was going back to kids like family films. Right, he did that and Miracle within a year of each other. Right, and, yep. Um, and it was kind of before it was before the superhero craze 
Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, before like Iron Man and all that. Right, and it and it did actually pretty decently at the box office. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, it's a family, more of a family geared film for Mm -hmm. for younger kids. You know, it it kind of um, you know you got Bruce Campbell in it. You know, nerds who know who Bruce Campbell is. Oh yeah. Um, and also two members of uh, two alumni from Kids in the Hall, Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley. Uh, Dave Foley is um, the, the All American Boy or whatever it is. Yeah, Mister Boy and sidekick, the, yeah. sidekick teacher guy, and then mm-hmm. um, uh, Kevin McDonald is the the big egghead guy. Right. And um, who looks like a cross between uh, a conehead and those dudes from Star Trek? Yes. Good it's, description. Yes, it's it's it. That's the only thing I can describe. It's it's that without the veins popping out of his head, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the premise of it, where you know, kid is like the the son of two famous superheroes and doesn't have any superpowers yet. Right. And is going to a a superhero school. Right. A secret. I guess it's a secret superhero school. Yeah. They divide kids uh, into two groups of, like, heroes and psych... Uh, what do they call it? Uh, the politically correct version of the uh, of sidekicks. It's um, hero helpers, or no? Hero... Hero assistants. Hero, hero assistants. Oh, gosh. Something to that effect. Hero, hero, hero support? Hero support. That's it. Hero support. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were they... I, it looked like they were kind of leaving room to do more movies at the end there I, i'm not sure because i mean it did decently at the box office but I, well i mean i don't know that happens sometimes yeah um, i don't know if they did that with the intention of 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 going forward with further movies but um i mean it did decently at the box office for for right. all it was i don't know i don't know why because uh that's like they never made a national treasure three Right. And National Treasure 2 actually did better than the first one. Yeah, it did. So, <laughs> yeah. And it just, they, it fell apart, and then, uh, and of course, now Nicolas Cage is washed up. Kind he's of, washed uh, up, and he's not really done anything decent in the last uh, 10, 15 years, I think. No. Well, no but every, every few years, they say they're going to make another one. Yeah. It came out shortly after The Incredibles. Yeah, that's what I was kind of likening to it. To yeah. And some people think it kind of got overshadowed by that. Yep, yep. Well, and, and the funny thing is, yeah, like obviously Linda Carter also, I, I totally forgot about it. Linda Carter makes a, a cameo appearance as the principal of Sky High. Yeah, Linda Carter. <laughs> yeah, Linda Carter. Um, and I read something on the uh, IMDb that Sky High is a Disney movie, um, mm-hmm. and they wanted her to wear the gauntlets, the Wonder Woman gauntlets, oh. and Warner Brothers said no way because they own the rights mm-hmm. to it. Which is interesting. Yeah. Because I, it's funny, too, because when you said Sky High, I was like, I feel like I should know that movie, but I, I didn't really... It, it's kind of like one of those movies that, you know, we talk about movies that do well, but don't really... After a year after they come out, nobody remembers, nobody remembers them, pretty much. And yeah. it's kind of like one of those movies that, that did well, but it just kind of got forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely a good family movie. I would definitely recommend it for, right. you know, young kids. There's, I don't think there's any profanity in it at all, actually, to the, when you think about it. Um, I don't think so either, although uh, I don't really hear anymore. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's, you become des- it's desensitized just, to it, really. it's just really, really 
extreme. Yeah, yep. Um, but I don't think so. Oh, Kurt Russell played a college student with superhuman strength in The Strongest Man in the World. Right. Also from Disney Pictures. Hmm, yeah. I never knew that. I knew I knew he was, when he was younger, he was Mr. Disney, and he was in a few Disney movies. Gwen Grayson, the last name Grayson had to be a playoff of Dick Grayson from Bat, uh, from uh, Batman and Robin. Right. Oh, Cloris Leachman, who played the Doctor. Yes. Funny enough, Cloris Leachman was uh, Queen Hippolyta on the Wonder Woman series, which I did not know. I didn't either. And I'm like, really? So, of course, I had to look it up, and I'm like... Well, I'll be damned. Yeah, that's yeah. She she was Queen Hippolyta in the television show. Oh, Gwen Grayson is a combination of two comic book names from two franchises: Gwen Stacy of Spider Man and Dick Grayson of. So mm-hmm. she's a Marvel DC combination. It's got a decent rating on Rotten Toma- Tomatoes right. too, which means yeah, the critics liked it for the most part. Um, so it's definitely a good good movie worth uh, worth checking out. So another thing too the word that occurred to me when I was looking at it, I was like, because we don't do, we don't talk about very many family movies. No, we don't. And we the recommend you know, like R-rated movies that you can watch. We are talking about talking about R-rated movies, and also too, it's funny too because um, my friend texted me on the weekend. She said, "Yeah, I'm watching Cloak and Dagger from 1984." I'm like, "Oh my god! Wow, Cloak and Dagger." Never, I've never seen that one. That one, that's um, kind of like a family movie from the 80s that we might want to review when you you mentioned it i remembered it it was henry thomas henry thomas like shortly after et right yeah so it would be definitely a Mm -hmm. um timely and it's um something that we'll definitely want to look at maybe next week we can do that one because that that's more family geared any other movies well obviously the incredibles which is a movie that everybody everybody knows incredibles for some reason, my my mind wants to think that there are the more obscure movies like this. Like it's kind of a playoff of, obviously X Men and Professor Xavier's School right. for the School for the Gifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other obscure superhero movies that do not fall into the Marvel pantheon of the, the last twenty three movies that came out from Marvel? Oh gosh, <laughs> not that immediately spring to mind oh um, um what about mystery men that was kind of bad though was it bad i i i hadn't really god it been so long since i've seen it yeah it really didn't do well yeah. no you're right mystery men would be another like if you're looking for obscurity your obscurity but it's also not good not good <laughs> um yeah kelly preston in the last I guess since the 80s, and obviously being more known as John Travolta's wife. They were in Old Dogs together, which was not horrible. Right, yeah. John Travolta and Robin Williams. And that how old a, is that one? That was 2009. Okay, that's not too long ago then. No, and it wasn't real popular, but wasn't it wasn't terrible. Right. She's Both of them obviously been associated with Scientology and all that stuff, mm-hmm. too. She never kind of broke into that mold, I guess, out of the 80s. She always played, like, second fiddle in roles. Well, she did a lot of bad movies. She did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I all agree on that. respect to the... the, She was a good actress, but she did not do a lot of bad movies. Yeah, I I would say that she was an okay actress. I mean, I'm sure she was a 
a nice person and a good person, and we're certainly not trying well, I, to flag on her. How, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how good she was because she never got the she never got the opportunity, and I think she got typecasted because I think that. Uh, you know, obviously, in the movie Space Camp, she played the uh, the snobby, pretty one and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're more likely to get typecasted in those kind of roles and that. So, And then she was in Twins. Right. Where she de-virginized de- Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Right. And we watched that movie the other day. And mm-hmm. um, I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't understand how why people thought it was really funny. I mean, I thought it was okay. The first part of the movie was good, and then it just kind of got kind of weird at toward, towards the halfway point. I was like, this you, isn't as good as I thought it would be. You I thought, mean because they kind of like felt like they had to kind of turn it into an action movie? Yeah, yeah out of obligation. Weird. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, they, they were scared to put in a straight comedy. Which, I mean, obviously a few years later when they did Junior, they, they said to hell with it, basically. Yeah, but it didn't work. Junior no, it didn't, no, well. no, Junior didn't do well. Um, although Kindergarten Cop did, but there is action, action in that movie. Okay, Kindergarten Cop, yeah. So it's a blending of that. But Kindergarten Cop worked. I, I really, I actually really liked Kindergarten Cop. You've seen it recently? Uh, I would say probably 10 years. Oh, well, but as an adult. So. As an adult, yeah. It actually, yeah. it's cute. The big draw of that movie is the interaction between him and the kids, mm. which is probably the best part of the movie. Right. And, it, and it's funny, too, you know, getting back to Kelly Preston, she even disappears in the movie Twins. Like, you don't really notice her. Mm-hmm. Second fiddle. So, right. And that could be also another reason why, you know, like you said, she primarily plays supporting roles and she doesn't really stand out in those movies mm-hmm. um, even if they're halfway decent movies and you know oddly enough about Twins too, we read somewhere that Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of taking their regular salaries decided to take a percentage of the box office returns mm-hmm. which was smart on their part because the movie hindsight, yeah. did really well at the box office mm-hmm. yeah their take would have been far more higher than than what their regular salaries w- would have been oh so, yeah yeah, um, yeah back then especially and I think it made like some ridiculous amount of money at the box office of like hundred something million dollars. Well, one one twelve in America, but um, yeah, I, I would say probably yeah. I, I mean, it was in the hundred and twenty, hundred and thirties, yeah, something like that. So, uh, movie comebacks. We never have talked about that. Like stars who kind of disappeared and then they made came their back? and then came back. Oh goodness! Well, uh, yeah. Obviously, John Travolta comes to mind. Right, with uh, Pulp Fiction. Made, well, especially Pulp Fiction. Yep. Um, yeah. He made, a sub- he made a few comebacks, didn't he? Well, yeah. Yeah. Because when he was in Look Who's Talking, then right. they thought, well, he's back and gave him some roles. But it didn't last, because Look Who's Talking wasn't a hit because of him. No, it was a hit but, because of the babies. Yeah. And it was, it was a funny concept, so yeah, that's why it was a hit. But there's obviously him. Um, yeah. Julia Roberts with uh, Best Friends Wedding. She had a bad string. She had a bad uh, go at it with all the when uh, she was going through her personal stuff with marrying all these weird people and getting in these weird relationships and wild love. It comes to mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was weird. Liam Neeson. Uh, oh yeah, taking kind of reinvented. He became he reinvented himself as an action star. Yes. 
worked. That was the. Uh, it did work that's actually, why that movie and was it worked so for great. three. And it worked for three movies, although kind of obviously mm, you run you. Well, the, all three, three movies. Well, yeah. How many times can your kid get taken? Well, two was fine. Two is okay. Entertaining. They all made money at the box office. Three three was just stupid. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, yeah, you're done. Yeah, pretty much. And then he did another action movie, right? Not related to Taken, didn't he? Unknown. Unknown. Yeah. Which was more of a like it was like action scenes, more of a serious like thriller with Mm -hmm. action scenes sprinkled throughout. It wasn't. And when it came out, they made the the previews were like they made it look like this hard action movie, and they basically showed every action scene in the preview. So they but, showed obviously yeah, all the. It's a good movie. It's actually a good it's movie. It's a good yeah. movie, but yeah, uh, some people I remember were like, eh, "It wasn't much action as I thought." Right, right. Who else had it? Um, <sighs> Didn't last, but Demi Moore. Yep. Or uh, how do you say it? And to me, to me, the second Charlie's Angels movies, everybody was like, "That's her comeback," but it and then it just it didn't last. Didn't last. No, nope. Now mm-hmm. I'm and I'm struggling to think of uh, if you're thinking of old time comebacks. Uh, Stallone. 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 Yeah. Uh, with um, Expendables. And, yep. and then he did the uh, Creed movies, which uh, he actually got an Oscar nomination out of. Right. Yeah, I I would never for Very, acting. Well, he got one for Rocky. Oh, true. That. Yes, that's right. He everybody, wasn't going to win that, but no, but, but every, he did get the nomination. Of him. It's funny. Everybody thinks of him as a bad actor. It's just that he does so many cheesy movies. That's true. He's actually he's actually he's, not, he's, in the right role. He's actually good. He yeah, he's decent in the right role. Um, I mean, he's real good in uh, the first Rambo movie. Yes, he is actually. Before, before they he is. Him into a, yeah, because he actually, you know, does the PTSD thing really well. And yeah, the first Rambo was more um, kind of it was action, but it also dealt with what was a, was his a, his emotional traumas. Rambo was a tragic character, right? And then the sequels they turned him into a cartoon. That's why I don't like. The right? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get a that. A lot of people, a lot of people died when when I, when I did one and two. When I did a classic. Like the first and second Rambo movie last November. Yep. Most people that came said they liked the second one better because it was more. It was all action, pretty more, much. It was just more of a typical action. The first Rambo had you know, first blood had more substance to it. Yeah. It was not just blowing, you know, Rambo blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking old timey, I think uh, people would say Betty Davis in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video about the. The, the Crawford uh, Davis feud. Mm-hmm. There's a really good YouTube channel that kind of delves into the Hollywood stuff, and it's very well informed, and you can tell. Saying that, that obviously the media played up the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. The the, the reality of the situation is is that their paths really crossed. Actually, I think Baby Jane was really one of the only times that their paths actually did cross. Right. I mean, obviously, there was probably a some sort of a, a sense of competition between the two of them. Um, well, Betty Davis uh, did did not like. <laughs> they didn't care for each other, no. But I think that, especially during Baby Jane, people were expecting dishes to fly, no. and that didn't happen. They I've heard that she there was tension, but they Betty, it it served their roles because the two roles, mm-hmm. you know, so the tension between the two of them that was naturally there played into their roles. 
Betty Davis, um, well, I know, I know when, when they made that movie, Betty Davis complained that Joan Crawford was all, always wanted to look beautiful. Right, yeah. And uh, I think ba- I think Joan Crawford complained about Betty Davis's body odor or something. <laughs> something like something weird something like that. Something weird like that. But. Yeah, uh, that was the year that Betty Davis got her Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Joan Crawford did not. Um, Anne Bancroft ended up winning the Oscar for The Miracle Worker, and Joan Crawford accepted the Oscar on her yes. behalf, uh, which kind of mm-hmm. could be seen as a you know a slap in the face, obviously, um, accepting the Oscar on, but supposedly Joan had asked prior to, uh-huh. uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, that could be Maybe seen was as, about that. yeah, about yeah, like I, she I, was, she was, it. she was hurt about that. Yeah. She was absolutely hurt about that. And I heard, uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, became friends with Betty Davis hmm. and Burt Reynolds was with Betty Davis, hanging out with Betty Davis the day that Joan Crawford died. Ah. And he claims he was talking to a reporter. Yep. And Betty Davis just walked up to him and was like, Well, I can't say the word, but the C word died today. And uh, Bert was like, Okay, this is a reporter. This is and a reporter. Betty Davis says, Oh, but she was always on time and very professional when we made. Yeah, that's and true. And it, talking. I and I think that um yeah, absolutely I mean, no, they didn't lot like each other, but I think that the feud was egged on. Was egged on by the media, I think. Um, no, I, 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 naturally, they didn't like each other because they were too... This is actually very interesting to watch. It breaks down how different they are and their different approaches. Betty Davis was a no-nonsense, you know, she stood up to, you know, studio producers. She was, like, going against the tide, whereas Joan Crawford did whatever she could to swim with the tide. Mm-hmm. So they were two opposing forces that were just going to, if you put them in a movie together, of course they were going to clash at some point because their methods are very different. Right. Um, Betty Davis is non-conformist, whereas Joan Crawford is more conformist. Mm-hmm. Understanding who they are, you know, and how, they, uh, how they're different def- kind of explains that they're going to be on opposing sides regardless. Burt Reynolds is another one. He did, had to come did, back. Didn't last again, yes. but with Boogie come Nights. Back with Boogie Nights, yes. Yeah, he had an Oscar nomination. That's funny. That's kind of a good segue into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had been on TV in Evening Shade for a while. Right. You know, that's what happens when a lot of movie actors, when they don't have anywhere else to go, they'll go to TV mm-hmm. and try to... And it was successful. I mean, I remember my parents watched Evening, Evening Shade all the time. It you know it was on for te- for a few years I remember right. yeah because Burt Reynolds went from being the top box office star of the seventies to being la- labeled as box office poison right in the eighties mm-hmm. because he couldn't get a hit film to save his life no and kind of lost his status as a leading man didn't really um, have enough he did a kids movie in ninety three Cop and a Half right which did okay but but really just didn't right. You know, and um, it isn't horrible. Well, no, and he also had a, an obscure reputation too of being kind of like a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that helped his his. You know, as you get older, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you you know was a cannonball. Ca- how many movies of Cannonball Run were there? Three. No, there were two. Smoking was it two? the Bandit was three. S- okay, was he in the third Smoking the Bandit? 
I believe he was not not uh, Sally, not the the. Oh my goodness. Oh. Honeymooners, Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason, okay, I yeah, think yeah, he yeah. wasn't. Yep, yeah. I think Burt Reynolds was. Right. Um, yeah, he had a bit of a comeback. Um, who when we're has... done, when we're done talking, I'll think of like twenty. Of course, but... I will too. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're pressed to think of some, and it's like, I mean, some would say Renona, Reno, Winona Ryder with Stranger Things, but that's a Netflix series. It's not really a movie. Oh, um, um, and and she hasn't really been offered any movies to my knowledge some might say adam sandler with uncut gems but we'll see what that we'll that see where that goes anything I, I don't think it'll lead to anything well in uh robert downey jr with tropic oh, thunder the biggest one the biggest one ever what are we iron man in tropic thunder like, oh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr., yes, yeah, because for the longest time, so he was... big, yeah. For the longest time, he, he was a good actor, but he just couldn't find a hit film to save his life. No. And he was box office poison for about 20 years. And then, um... No, no. Got no, clean. No. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Although I don't think his, 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 his addictions really... Well, until he got arrested, obviously, but... I don't think at the time his addictions were famously interfering with his ability to work. No. In fact, I believe he was still getting scripts when he was in jail, and a lot of people were pissed about that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else for the life of me. No, I cannot believe Robert Downey Jr. didn't go immediately to my No, that should have been the first one that came to my mind. And it, mm-hmm. Duh. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can look at... Of course, you can look at Quentin movies. Well... Pam Greer, that didn't really go anywhere, though. Pam Greer? Right, but that didn't really go anywhere. No. Um, Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah, with Kill sort Bill. Of, yeah. Sort of, yeah, because those movies made really good. Those did really well yeah, at the box office. She got, she got work after that. Yeah, she did, yep. Um, and I think people had forgotten about her before that. Right. I'm not sure about anybody else, though. Yeah, like you said, I'll probably think about 10 or 20 of them. Those are the most famous ones. If anybody uh, has any ideas, definitely message us. Al Pacino, Sea of oh. Love, because he didn't do he didn't do anything through most of the eighties. Well, but there wasn't there Scarface though. Scarface yeah, was eighties. Well, okay. yeah. yeah. No, you're kind of right. I mean, and then The Godfather Part Three was more of like a. But that was be- an epitaph. But that was before. I mean, that was after Sea of Love. That's true too. Sea of Love was his first movie in like years. Right. Yep. And then then there's yeah. And Scarface actually wasn't a big hit until it, it got a reputation later. Right. 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 Yeah. It wasn't really Godfather mm-hmm. level or anything like that. No, I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> you can look at it that way. Well, wouldn't Cher be considered a comeback with, um, you know, like movies like Mask or, like, didn't she kind of? Um, or, I mean, did she really have a big movie career, though? Before? I mean, outside of Minstruck and uh, Mask, I guess not. Uh, which is of Eastwick. That was the same year as um, Minstruck, uh, I think, Minstruck. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess when you talk about coming out of the shadows oh. of... Sean Connery, The Untouchables. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Got out of the shadow of Bond. Bond, yes. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that lasted, so there we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you talk it out, eventually you'll come to, you'll get some ideas, so. So this is a little side note. Since we were talking about the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, the limited series that came out on effects 
feud, which focused on the feud between them, took a lot of, I guess, creative license um, and took real-life rumors and stories and turned them into works of fiction. Actress Olivia de Havilland, who actually passed away on Sunday at the age of 104, took exception to how she was portrayed in the movie by actress uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and ended up suing the makers. The lawsuit actually got thrown out of court because it was a fictional work based on real-life events. So I guess there's it's a protection of their First Amendment rights. But it was just interesting to note that since the legendary actress had passed away this past Sunday. It was worth noting. Speaking of comebacks, this movie, Feud, this movie series that was on FX was supposed to mark Catherine Zeta-Jones's big comeback, but I don't think it really materialized into anything. She really hasn't done anything since Chicago, since her Oscar win, and it kind of lends itself to that whole supporting actor, supporting actress curse that sometimes follows around winners of that particular Academy Award. She really hasn't done anything. I personally think that she's more talented singer and dancer than she is an actress. So maybe she should go to musical theater. Maybe she should go on to Broadway. She seems right for it. And I don't think right now the better roles are on stage than they are in movies for especially older women. So thank you guys once again for tuning in this week. We are definitely grateful for your support. Thank you for sticking by us through this entire COVID ordeal. We're hopefully going to be opening soon. We will keep you guys posted and we will be posting announcements once we get the okay to open our doors. So keep your fingers crossed and we will keep you guys updated as that progresses. We will be back next week. We will talk about the movie Cloak and Dagger from 1984 starring Henry Thomas Uh, and Dabney Coleman. Um, Very, it's actually a very good children's movie, although there's a little bit of a dark nature to it. It's very well done for a movie of that stature, and it kind of disappeared. It's one of those kids' movies that really didn't garner an audience. It was originally released as a double feature with The Last Starfighter, which had more prominence and was much more successful. Um... And it actually signaled the last major movie that Henry Thomas did before disappearing into obscurity. He kind of resurfaced in the movie Legends of the Fall. Now, he was in other movies before that, but that was probably his first major motion picture in a long time. And he only had a small part in it. He, he was out of the movie in the la- uh, after the first third of the movie, if I remember right. So we will review that. Uh, And we're also going to talk about child stars, who survived Hollywood adolescence and who didn't. So stay tuned for that.